This is the MyHeart.net podcast. This show is produced by Dr. Philip Johnson in conjunction with VitalEngine.com. Please welcome your host, Dr. Alain Bouchard, of Cardiology Specialist of Birmingham, Alabama, at St. Vincent's Medical Center, part of Ascension. Welcome to our podcast on genetic testing, unlocking the secrets of your DNA. And with us today, we have, we're very honored to have a good friend of ours, you know, just works maybe a mile you know, from where we are, Dr. Pankaj Arora, who's director of the Cardiovascular Genetic Clinic Program. He's also director of the Clinical and Translational Research Program. He's associate professor at Division of Cardiovascular Disease in the Department of Medicine at the University of Alabama at UAB. So, Pankaj, thank you for, you know, taking the time and being here today. Thank you for having me, Alan. It's, it's, it's wonderful to be here, and I appreciate the opportunity. Fabulous. So, Pankaj, you know, let's talk a little bit about genetic testing. And, uh, you know, over the last 15 years, there's been a lot of interest, I think, in finding out your genetic map or your genetic makeup. Um, we've had, obviously, for the general population, we've had ancestry DNA, we've had uh, 23andMe, and people are interested to know, do they have any predisposition to develop certain disease like Parkinson, like diabetes, and so forth. So for our patients with cardiac, you know, cardiac disease or for the cardiac patient, you know, who should we, who should be undergoing genetic testing? And as a general cardiologist, who should we be referring to you and your clinic? Yeah, thank you, Alan. So genetic testing or genetic screening for cardiovascular disease, as you just said, can really provide valuable insights into risk factors, genetic causes, and personalized treatment options. The decision to undergo genetic testing for cardiovascular disease should be made in consultation with a, with a cardiologist like yourself, uh, who, who then decides to refer the patient to the inherited cardiovascular clinic. And uh, there the patient gets evaluated by a cardiologist and a genetic counselor. And the decision to undergo testing is based on the family history, clinical presentation, and the type of cardiovascular condition. Few things come to mind um, straight away. If, if you have a very strong family history of uh, conditions such as familial hypercholesterolemia, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, dilated cardiomyopathy, or arrhythmogenic cardiomyopathy, then those patients may be candidates for genetic testing. And if multiple family members are affected, then the pretest probability of having a positive genetic test increases. And so is the case with certain ethnic groups. Uh, if you are seeing um, individuals of South Asian descent, for example, you know, familial hypercholesterolemia and uh, uh, a certain kind of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy comes to mind straight away. And, and if, you, if, you have, if you have a patient in your practice who is, uh, you know, in 30s or 40s, but had a, a ST elevation myocardial infarction, uh, did the right thing, um, uh, didn't, didn't drink, didn't smoke, uh, and still got the event. So then really that should trigger uh, the evaluation further. So early onset disease, severe disease in younger population, multiple family members being affected. And in very few cases, we do prenatal screening if there is strong family history. 
There is also value in understanding response to medications. And then lastly, Alan, once we start, it's, uh, it's building the whole family tree. So the cascade screening is the most important component of genetic testing, where you become the doctor of not just the patient, but the entire family. Well, let's talk, let's um, dig in and, and talk a little bit about, you know, what's involved. What's the overall approach of a genetic testing? I mean, what, let's say I'm a patient and, um, you know, I was referred to you and I get to your office. What happens? Yeah, so so patients, those are seen at our Center for Inherited Cardiovascular Disease. They are seen by a cardiologist who is trained in genetic diseases and then, um you know, these patients are evaluated by a genetic counselor. A detailed medical and family history is taken with a three-generation pedigree, which is really the visual roadmap. So family history is the poor man's genetics. Um, it is what, what we used to do two decades ago. And uh, it helps us capture the inheritance patterns. And then, you know, then after the results are uh, there it help it also helps us uh, communicating these recommendations to the families and uh, in the beginning uh, your visit would include a detailed physical examination a blood test ekg echo at rest sometimes an echo with exercise such as in hypertrophic cardiomyopathy and depending upon the results of your so called phenotypic screening um, the the patient may be offered genetic testing after the discussion and and we have written um, you know scientific statement on it and you know oftentimes at the time of ordering the genetic test we make sure our patient understands the implications for it for example um, you know your health is covered under the act called gina uh, which is a federal act but uh, sometimes uh, certain nuances such as life insurances and so on and so forth come for patients and they want to get tested once they have taken care of those things for their family members so we we make sure that our patient completely understands the implications not only to them but to their family and then, and then we carry out the DNA test, so to speak, uh, which really is looking for alteration in the gene that would make them, um, that would cause the inherited cardiovascular conditions that we are looking for. It is a simple test, Alan. It could be a blood test or a saliva sample uh, to, to start looking at genes. And, and uh, really it takes at least six to eight weeks for to get the test result back. And once the appropriate test result is back, then we go back and, you know, have the patient come back to the clinic, discuss the results and the implication for the patient and the family. Perfect segue into talking about the results. So now I'm coming back for my follow-up visit. And let's talk about three different scenarios. I mean, number one, what if my test is positive? You know, what does that mean? Does it mean that I'm going to get the disease? What is my test is negative? Does that mean that I'm never going to get the disease and I'm not going to pass it on to my kids? And what if it's it inconclusive and you have this kind of like variant of unknown significance? What does all that mean? Yeah, so um, it's very interesting that you have broken it down into three different clear sort of scenarios. And sometimes, you know, these scenarios are not not that clear in clinical practice, but if you test positive on a genetic test, that, that means that you have a specific genetic variant or mutation as some people may call it, 
that is associated with a particular disease or condition. Now, the, the fact that you have this association between the gene and the disease depends on the specific gene and the mutation in question. For example, if you have um, you know, uh, a very highly penetrant mutation, um, uh, and we can talk outside cardiovascular space like the BRCA1 and BRCA2, they are strongly associated with breast and ovarian cancer. That means if you test positive for one of these, your risk of developing the disease is significantly higher. And then, and then really there are some moderately penetrant mutation, the Alzheimer's APOE gene comes to mind and having the variant doesn't mean that you will manifest the disease. So in genetics, uh, uh, this, this is commonly said that if you, it is really when you show your cards, um, you know, so the expression uh, is very variable and, and, and the penetrance is incomplete, um, uh, so to speak. So for many of the cardiovascular conditions, Alan, penetrance is a moving sort of a target. You know, we are learning more and more about what is the actual penetrance for the disease. Um, and, and, and this is somewhat tied to the prevalence of the disease as well. For example, with TTR amyloid, we used to think it is not this prevalent. Now, as you see patients in your practice, the low flow, low gradient AS patients, you know, 25%, you know, could have TTR amyloid and, and we have been putting thousands of dollars of valves in them and they don't get better. So, so really it is, it is in context of what the disease is, what the gene is, and what is the variant in question. And, and if you broaden this out, uh, you know, you think about polygenic uh, risk for the common diseases like your atrial fibrillation or diabetes or coronary artery disease, it is, it is multiple genes having a very small effect. And then these, these small effects, they are really like that you, you add them up and you put them in a score and then that becomes your composite measure of the genetic risk factors. So there, a positive results mean that you have a higher predisposition to the disease. But uh, there also studies have shown that DNA is not really your destiny. In other words, if you, if you do the right thing, you can lower that risk down. So, so that is for the, for the first sort of bucket that, that you ask, what, what if you test positive? Now, for, for your second question, Ellen, uh, what if you test negative? Uh, well, if you test negative, that really means that you could be one of two, um, uh, in one of two scenarios, which is um, you could be test negative and phenotypically negative, meaning you did not have any expression and you have tested negative. So that reduces the risk of you developing a particular disease. Having said that, it doesn't mean that the risk is zero because we know traditional risk factors, they are not static, they are, they are dynamic, they change, they change as we change. Although sometimes if you look at studies and data, we evaluate them at one given point in time, but they keep changing. So the, so the dynamic nature of cardiovascular risk factors almost always guarantees that your 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 risk is never zero and and uh, and for the for the scenario where you have the expression so let's say you are somebody with uh, who is phenotypically positive for hypertrophic cardiomyopathy you have a very thick heart 
that uh, that uh, you know by by the echo that you do Alan in your clinic you're like this is the this is the thickest heart I have seen for a long long time and genetic test gives us uh, a variant of unknown significance that we call in MYH7 so the chances there are that VUS is likely pathogenic and it needs more work and the science needs to catch up so in the right context a negative result could mean two different things. Um, you know, it could mean that yes, your risk is really zero if you're phenotypically completely negative. If you're phenotypically positive, that same negative result could mean a lot different. As far as uh, family members uh, and kids and surveillance, so we 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 say the science evolves and it is evolving quicker than we think. So for every so should they be under surveillance? Yes. And the follow-up frequency is anywhere from two to three years. Uh, for their children, it could be three to five years. And we also recommend if we are, let's say, following up somebody with HCM for the kids to get at least a baseline echocardiogram to, to make sure that uh, the, the phenotypic penetrance is not there in the family. So if they are phenotypically free, then, then, then we follow them three, uh, every three to five years. And this, this frequency follow-up is very sort of variable because as you can imagine, you leave the family out there, then you lose many of these patients. They don't come back to the clinic for their routine checkups. Uh, so, and lastly, if, if you have variant of unknown significance, most of these variants, Alan, they are if you follow the signs, they are actually down classified. So they are classified as benign and the reports come back uh, that VUS has been downgraded and that's what the data tells us. But as I was just mentioning a little while earlier, in the right context, that VUS could mean likely pathogenic and that is why you need the team, you need the counselor, you need the, uh, you need the, you need the cardiologist with, with training in this to interpret this better. And for some of the VUSs, we are offering free family member testing for resolution. So we want to see there, in that case, you could ask, what would you do? We want to see whether it is segregating in the family. The VUS is segregating in the family. And then we deposit that information to the company that gets it deposited to ClinVar. And that's how the variant classification changes from VUS um, uh, to likely pathogenic. It's fantastic. And plus, the research keeps, you know, evolving and and changing all the time. A lot of a lot of uh, time, the, this uh, variant is a is of unknown significance at this time, but it could be a different story in two or three years, even. That is correct. Well, yeah, follow up is super important. Well, genetic testing, obviously, you know, you can you can show how complex this is. I mean, you're dealing about, you know, family history. You're dealing not only with the patient, but their family, their children, you know, their siblings. And uh, this is something where you could really make a significant impact. And that's why this is so important. This is not quite the 23 and me. This is really kind of like working with a team, heart team approach, you know, as well as a genetic counselor. Um, and, um, you know, having to involve the whole family and trying to really provide some really personalized care. That is correct, especially because the medicines that we are using are expanding 
and in in the near future we anticipate a lot of new medicines will be based on the genetic test results and and this field is uh, rapidly evolving thank you aurora at the university of alabama thank you very much for your insight into genetic testing particularly as, as it is relevant to our cardiac patients thank thank you thank you alan To learn more from our team of cardiologists, please visit us at myheart.net. You can also follow us on social media by searching myheart.net on Facebook and Twitter. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss our next episode.